0: Welcome back to another episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm with uh, my co-host, Jim Reske. I'm Greg Bryan. Tonight, we're going to do something unique. Um, Jim and I both really appreciate the ministry of uh, Timothy Keller, who just passed away and is with the Lord. And we used to actually listen to his sermons and then discuss them. And uh, so tonight, we're going to just... Kind of talk through one of the one of the sermons that we both really um, enjoy, and it's a, it's an old sermon called "What Is the Gospel." Um, you probably can find it online. Encourage you to do that if you just search Tim Keller. What is the gospel? Um, but and it really ties in with the whole purpose of our podcast is you know that the gospel is not just the ABCs of the Christian life but it's the A to Z. In other words, I can remember as a young Christian kind of feeling like, you know, the gospel is like your ticket into heaven. That's what gets you through the door. It's by faith in the grace that God gives us through Jesus. You know, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And then I get this ticket into heaven. But once I become a Christian, then I need to, you know, then it's all about my hard work and effort. To, right. to grow spiritually. And so this is revolutionary in the sense that the gospel not only brings us to Christ, but it's, it's what grows us in Christ. Am I, am I right there, Jim?
1: Yeah, that's, it was a sea change for me too, Greg, because I thought the same thing, the gospel, you know, in fact, I would sit, say, why are we talking about the gospel? That's, that's the basics. That's, you know, I, 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 yes, yes, yes. I agreed to that a long time ago. And now can we move on from that? To deeper and more, you know, important things, right? That's uh, that's in that's a passage in Hebrews I would think of. That's milk and not solid food, right? That's building the foundation again. Can't we're supposed to move on from that? Yes, and I suppose for the new people who are in church today, they should hear the gospel again. But those of us who have been here a while want to graduate from that and move on from the gospel. And, and I could not have been more wrong. And listening to Keller, um, being you know going to his church for. Well, uh, for four years when we lived in New York City, being members there listening to it. And then sermons like this one really kind of turn me completely around on that. And so in that in that group you mentioned, I think that um, uh, you, you didn't mention this, but we used to get together, we would outline, take turns outlining different sermons. And you would outline one and I would outline one. We had another friend and he would outline one. We get together, we'd pass out the outlines and share them. And this was one that you outlined. As I recall, because I pulled it up. I still have a, have a copy of it. Yep.
0: yep. This was one of my one of my favorite sermons because he talks about how the the key to our spiritual growth is to continually grow by reapplying and re-grasping the gospel. I like yes. that that idea, re-grasping the gospel. In other words, you never move on from the gospel. You gotta keep you gotta keep reapplying it to your life. And he also mentions that the gospel is a worldview that determines how you view everything else. Um and when people hear the gospel, um, but the but the problem is when people hear the gospel, they often think we're inviting them into something that, you know, just they see it as just religion, um, or being a a, a moralist. Um, you know, so I don't know. I I, oh,
1: I think that's a that's a really important I think that's you you and I've had that experience I don't know if you have as you're trying to say to them it is not a, it's not like every other religion in the world or every other system of thought where you have a criteria that says this is how you know you've lived a good life if, even if you're secular and you're irreligious or a religion that says here's all the rules follow them and god will bless you all those things require your effort to justify yourself, whether religious or irreligious. Everything else is like that, right? And you say the gospel is not, you're trying your best to explain to that. You say the gospel is not a call for you to clean up your act. It's not a call for you to, for a moral reformation through your hard work and effort. It is more redemption. God is giving it to you. And people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You're just trying to get me to go back to church. You're yeah. just trying to get me to stop sinning. And. It's and it's frustrating to say and until you can get them to make the paradigm shift to say, no, that's exactly not what I'm saying. That's right. what everybody else is saying. In fact, the gospel is the only thing that doesn't say that. Everything else says that. They go, Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're trying to say. You want me to you want me to
0: be a believer and you, you, want, me be you want me to be a good person. You
1: want me to be a good person.
0: Yes. You want me to be a good person. You're you calling
1: me-, me to a life of moral striving. Yeah. And that's the offer and thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not interested. I prefer to do what I'm doing. And it takes, a, it's so hard. Cause I, I just, even as you're saying it, people think, Oh yeah, I hear you. You got it all figured out. You got all the answers and you're going to tell me to clean it. You want to tell me how to live. And you know, it's, it, it, it you just, you know, it's, and, and I, that's why I think it's a spiritual endeavor. You know, you say these things to people and the Holy Holy Spirit's got to open people's eyes, not us.
0: Yeah. So, That's where I kind of developed, I kind of took um, Keller's teaching and the Bible's teaching, and I came up with this illustration of three ways to live. Yeah. And um, most people think there's two ways to to live. You're either religious or you're irreligious, you know, Um, but Jesus came and said, no, there's three ways to live you can follow the rules which is like being religious or you can follow your heart which is like being irreligious or you can follow Jesus follow right. him and and one of the keys when we share the gospel with people is to help them to understand we're not trying to make them religious right we're trying to set them free from religion just like we're trying to set them free from them from themselves um by following jesus so he he's three main points in this in this sermon and we can kind of maybe quickly walk through these he talks about how there's three key aspects to the gospel the first one is it's historical um uh and the second one is he talks about uh, historical or doctrinal and then um and so in this point he's and i love this about the gospel that it's news about what jesus has done it's not advice on how to live and that's what sets it apart from every other religion that's right you know every other religion is you know somebody giving you advice this is how you should live but the gospel is something that was done um so and it's 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 linked to the historical events of of christ so um yeah and so in a nutshell and i love and this is a, a direct quote from keller himself he says jesus lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you should have died as your substitute in your place so that god can receive you not for your record Or for your sake but for jesus's record and his sake
1: it's so true so great
0: yeah and if you really grasp that you realize that's the best news ever
1: yeah the one thing is you're going over this now again with you greg because you you're talking about the three ways to live the religious irreligious and the gospel is a third way because when Keller was making this point, this is the doctrinal aspect of the gospel. Every other religion is good advice salvation, but every other irreligious view is also good advice salvation. If I just adhere to these principles, I'm a good person. Every, if you ask the question to everybody, how will you know you're a good, per, ha, good person? How will you know your life is worthwhile? How will you know you have a life well lived? Everyone's got an answer for them. And that's that's their religion. And that's. It ends up being the same thing. It's it's good advice salvation.
0: Yeah. So whether you're religious or irreligious, you have some sort of belief that that you're good enough. Well, what about the second point? He says, he talks about, you know, sonship or identity. Yeah. The the gospel is a status you receive now, not just a reward you receive later. Because you're saved by grace, not works. Um, the
1: status you receive now. Often we talk about. Sometimes you know you and know, I talk about the five S's of the gospel. We, he just talked about substitution in the last one. This is you know he says status. I always, always says always use the word standing. This is your standing is complete. It's a, the gospel. I love it. Status is almost a in this context the way the way he said it in the sermon. Is so clear. You say the gospel is a status you receive. Your standing in Him is complete, one hundred percent. You can't add to it. There's nothing you you could have a lifetime of being a pure, great person. It won't make you any more righteous in God's eyes than you already are. Because your status in His eyes is given to you by Him, not something you earn. It's so good.
0: Yeah, but it's so easy for people to. Just think that the gospel is getting a second chance. That, that's right. Okay, your sins have been washed away. Now you have to live a good life. Fresh start. Even though you're saved by grace, you have to keep yourself in salvation by your efforts. And, it, yeah. and that's and we talk a lot about that in our podcast, because that's the default setting of the human heart that's is right. towards self-justification. That's right. And that is like our default setting. And uh, so it's so easy. Even after we receive Christ, to just go back to that default.
1: Yeah. And if you, because if you feel like you're, if you feel like you might be out sinning so much that you're losing your salvation, then you got to ask, well, why do you think you have your salvation? You think because I'm not sinning and because I'm cleaning up my act and I'm saving myself. In other words, you feel like, uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel today? You know, some days I feel like an eight. Today I feel like a two, and I hope I don't get to be a negative one. I might. If you feel like, then I might be drifting away from God and lose my salvation because of that. Then you, what you're saying is, the reason you are saved is because of your performance, like your good works are keeping you in the faith, and that's that's so freeing when you say, yes, yes. What well, we always said this podcast a number of times. You're a zero. You are a zero. But in his eyes, you're a 10 and you're a zero and a 10 at the exact same time. It's not your status in him is received, not earned. It's not yeah. based on your performance.
0: Yeah. And that's the, the great exchange, you know, which is Second Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin so that in him we might have the righteousness of Christ um god sees us as righteous because of because of we have christ righteous that's not our righteousness that's right um, and then do you remember that illustration he shares in this message about the carrot
1: uh i do you want to talk about it you exactly say you want to yeah, summarize
0: do you want to summarize the
1: well i am trying to think of the, 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 the way he uh would explain it um but uh the uh I think the the way he would tell the story is the uh, a, a, a kingdom uh, with a king and the gardener comes in and gives his best carrot to the king and the king says ah oh, that's so moving that's so touching that you would give this gift to me it's clearly your best carrot and I'm going to give you a whole field as a gift in return and the and the but uh, um and the gardener is so pleased and uh, but listening in the side of the room was a nobleman who saw saw the whole thing and said ah I see how this works. And so he comes the next day and he gives the king his best horse. And the king says, thank you. And he says, the nobleman is kind of shocked. He thought, uh, I thought. Um,
0: right. Why am but, I not getting something in return? Here? Right.
1: And uh, and um, and the uh, the king says to him, the gardener that was giving me the carrot, you uh, were giving your, you, uh, you weren't giving, really giving that to me. You were giving that to yourself. You were giving it expecting something in return.
0: So that that brings up the point that so many people go to God, not for God Himself, but they they want to use God to get what they really want.
1: Well, this is, but you hear that in people that have been, you know, they're disappointed or frustrated in their faith because they say things like, "I don't get it. I've been walking with Christ all these years, and look at my life and things." Why is God out. blessing me? That's right, and He's blessing these other people, but not me, and I don't get it, and. You know, and and this, so they make to bring this story home. Well, well, who are you living? Who are you really living for? You said, "Oh, I'm living for Jesus," but when you say, "Well, where's all the blessings?" You know, I thought, there's, I thought things were supposed to be better. We were really, you weren't really doing it for Him. You're doing yeah, it for yourself. You're doing right? it
0: for yourself, and that's right. where I love this uh, idea. And I, I don't think it's necessary in this sermon, but it comes out in other uh, messages that. Religious people find God useful.
1: Oh, that's great! One. But,
0: but gospel people find God beautiful, beautiful. And and it, and when you really understand the gospel, that it's the best news ever. When you really understand what Jesus did for you, when you really think about it and let it go deep in your heart, it's a it's the most beautiful message.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable! And it, and it, it has
0: nothing to do with how you you know what God can give you in return.
1: Or yeah, or what you can get out of him, right? Yes. Yeah, what so you Keller can get out of. About, it. When Keller talked about that, I remember he talked to this: as he, because you know, he's uh, not just a great speaker, but such a great theologian. Is the difference between the intrinsic or instrumental things that are in where your love for them is intrinsic or instrumental? And he said, I love my hammer because it's instrumental to hammering nails, but I love a painting um, intrinsically just for the painting, just for itself. It doesn't do anything. I can't take the painting and hammer a nail with it. It doesn't do anything. I just purely love it for itself. And then he said, then you think think what the message of that sermon is, well, you see, you should look at God and just love him for himself. That's what you should be doing, but you're not, which is true.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But then he would say, the thing you've got to realize that would melt your heart is God is looking at you intrinsically with an aesthetic joy just saying his love for you is not because you're useful to him but because he just takes joy in you right um the way he took joy in his son right so and that's what melts your heart and changes you and says it turns duty into choice right
0: amen yeah so he says in a nutshell that we have to remember that we're more wicked and flawed than we ever dare believed but more loved and accepted than we ever dared hope. At the same time, yeah, um, yeah, this is because in Christ you are both just and sinful, and this changes. Just gives you a, a different self-image. It makes us. I love this. It makes us humble but confident at the same time.
1: Well, and that's because you're a z- you're a zero and a ten at the same time, right? Exactly. Just yeah, you know, confident because I'm a ten in His eyes. Humble because I've earned nothing. I bring yep. nothing to the table for my salvation, right? It's I'm a zero.
0: Yeah. So the final point in, in his message is that there's a kingdom or reversal of values, that the gospel is a complete reversal of the world's values, not just strength to live by the old values. Um, right. That's pretty good. Do you remember anything about that?
1: No, I mean, you calling it. I'm just thinking about marveling at it now because it's it's anyway, it's not strength to live by old values. Where you think, "Oh, I'm going to get a little inspiration to clean up my act," and then I'm falling back into that default setting of the human heart. Right? If I had a little more inspiration and some power, I could do this. Bootstrap my way up. Thank, thanks for the fresh start, but I'll take it from here. And he says, "No, no, no, that's not it. That's not it."
0: Yeah. And it's the, the idea is the gospel's received, it's not achieved. Right. Which, if you think about it, that goes against everything in the world. Everything in the world is what can you achieve? Yep. How good are you at achieving things? And yeah. yet in the gospel, you only get into the kingdom if you admit that you are spiritually bankrupt.
1: Yeah. Wow. So that's that's the hard thing. That, that passage, nothing in my hands I bring, only to thy cross I cling. But it's hard to come with empty hands because people say, "Well, I, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a ten out of ten, but I'm at least a two out of ten. I contribute twenty percent, <laughs> right?" And I think a lot of people. But this is the problem with Christians too, not just non-believers will say, "Yeah, I need Jesus, you know, but I'm a seven out of ten. I need him for that last thirty percent." My yeah. Lord knows I'm not perfect. I can't fill the gap, but I'm not bad, <laughs> right? I'm not. And and that is hard. I think they, they, they accept the offer of Christianity is to admit you're. You just said it. You're spiritually bankrupt. You need salvation. And I think everything else, everything else you ever go, religious or religious, is a self salvation project. Everywhere else you go, you are going to try to do all these things to be declared righteous, or you're going to declare yourself righteous. And it's and it's everything else is a self salvation project. And it's so burdensome, but I think people will do it kind of until it breaks. Until you say, "I can't do this anymore. I haven't achieved these things, or I've have these standards for myself and I've blown it, and I can't. I've had this other religion. I can't live up to the standards of right." That's um, kind of when you know you you say, I, I, "I'm saving yourself is such a heavy burden." Um, and I kind of that's my prayer for the non-believers I know. You know they come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been held captive by him to do his will. You say, you know, take this offer. Jesus is my, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because he took the yoke and he took the burden, right? That's the centrality of the gospel. He's the, Amen. he did it. All. He did it all. And that the offer is just take the offer. And, um, it's, it's so much less weird. It's so much more wearying to save yourself and keep, because then you've got the yoke of your own salvation justification on your own shoulders to prove that you lived a good life and you're a good person. And, you know, this is why I love Greg. once in a while, we talk about this in the podcast when Peter, Jesus goes to the disciples and says, um, who do people say that I am? And they talk about those things. We were just talking about this in the Jeremiah talk. We just did, you know, and, um, or maybe it's not that passage. It's the passage where he says, are you going to leave too because people got up and left? Yeah, that's right. He has a hard saying and a bunch of, that's it, and a bunch John of- John
0: chapter six.
1: A bunch of the disciples leave, right? Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. And then- um,
0: John chapter yeah. six, verse 66. It's like, well, how the, is, it says, and many of his disciples turned away and no longer followed him.
1: Oh, that's six, verse 66. Yeah, that's,
0: it's, just, it's just ironic.
1: Oh, it's so sad. But then right after that- when he says,
0: "What about you?" you? Go to?
1: Right, and and remember what Peter says.
0: Yeah, where else would we go?
1: Where else you go? go?
0: You alone. But that's to...
1: the point. Where else are you gonna go? There's no no other offer. No one else is offering this. Nothing is offering this. Yeah. Secular religious secular thought, religious thought is all work for your salvation. No one else offers this. I'll do it for you. That's Christianity.
0: So he has a little nutshell on this point of the reversal of values. He says that you know because of the gospel, in a nutshell, the way up is down. The way to gain power is to lose power. The way to become rich is to give it away, and just just that kind of reversal of everything that we're taught in the world. Yeah. And you see it in Jesus's life. That's right. You know, he be- he was rich and he became poor. Um, you know, he, he, you know, of all people, he could have had all the power in the world, but he, he, he lost it because of us. So, and then I love this verse in first Peter, I think it's chapter one, verse 12, where it talks about how the angels, when, when they heard the gospel there, it's the statement is even angels long to look at these things into these things that, that angels are marveling at the gospel there. And, and that's exactly what we should do as, as believers every day, we should be reflecting on, on the gospel. And, um, that, that's when it really changes us from the inside out. And so much of, so much of Christian growth is outside in It's We try to change behavior. Yeah. Um, You know, if I go to if I do this, if I and sometimes we're doing really good stuff, but but we're not really being changed from the inside out. And that's why I just love this. This message really impacted my life. It's what is the gospel? Um, That's the title of the message by Tim Keller. And I'm pretty sure you can find it for free online if you search for it. Yeah. Yeah. But any was, any any final thoughts you want to share on this? Well,
1: just you know, I praise the Lord for the life of Tim Keller. Um, you know, like he said, he just passed away. We, we, you and I both. We just watched his memorial service to honor him and his life, and and the profound impact. Really, really summarize in this sermon what is the gospel? Um, to understand that, that it's just been so life changing for me. But I think that the thing about Tim Keller is that he he pointed people back to the apostolic gospel, right? Kind of the way Luther did in the 1500s to say, we've drifted away from that. And so it's not a new gospel. It's not some novel approach to Christianity that Keller has that is new and different to uh, yet a new, you know, uh, uh, interpretation of it for the 21st century. It's very much like bringing us back to the original intent of you know jesus and the apostles this is the real what the real gospel message is but i'm so glad that god brought him along when he did to kind of because he's had such an impact on me and and really through his speaking and writing through to millions other uh, millions of others
0: and you know what was so beautiful about his memorial service is it didn't exalt the man tim keller right it was all about jesus
1: yeah, and so the I whole, love that one the line. The
0: whole service was all about Jesus.
1: All about Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and
0: that's the, exactly the way he would have wanted it. I mean, he he was such a he could have been such a celebrity if he yeah. wanted to be. Right. If he would have pursued if you you know that he was so brilliant and yet he was so humble and so ordinary. Um, because yeah. he he just it wasn't about him. He never set out to make a name for himself.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I saw a video that he had produced just a couple of weeks before his death where he's just answering kindly, answering someone's questions about Christianity. You know, yeah, he was not about building his brand or his um
0: right. And in so this day and age, he could have been. Yeah, he could have been all about selling books or selling. I mean, he he could have been and it could've, he could he could have been that way and it could, and and it, people would have he still would have been um great you know uh, i mean but i just love um you know i had the opportunity to meet him one time and and he was just so nice and kind um and 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 nice to me and in fact he uh he didn't want to do it but i i, I met him after church, I I got to talk to him, and the only thing I had is in my hand was my a little Bible, and uh, I asked him if he would sign it, and he he signed my Bible.
1: But he said, "I can't but, sign but, it."
0: Right? But he, yeah, but he didn't want to. Yeah, he was like, "I can't sign that," and I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" He goes, "Well, I didn't write it."
1: right exactly
0: and i was like i know you didn't write it i was like i'm sorry i don't have anything else for you to sign so he he reluctantly did it and he did it he did it for me he didn't he wasn't he wasn't doing it for him he was doing it for me and he wrote in there growing grace awesome which is exactly um the impact he's had on my life is he's taught me what it means to grow in grace and i'm still learning are you still learning
1: Oh, yeah. I did get a chance before we left New York because we were, you know, at his church for four years. And the last Sunday we were there, I went up and talked to him afterwards and just was able to tell him personally the impact he's had on my life and for my wife and I, both of our lives, and just a complete turnaround life changing. And he was really, he was genuinely saying, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. You know, Um, there's so many people that would would say the same thing to him that I've met so many people that his lives have been changed because he's not bringing the attention on himself. He's drawing your heart back to your, know, your mind, back to Jesus, back to the gospel. Thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel addict podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospel addict at gmail.com.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace.
1: See you next time.